Hello everybody, it's uh, Friday morning and uh, I have some appointments that I'm headed to today but before I do that I wanted to get with you and uh, I wanted to share a word of the Lord to you today. Um, yesterday I closed uh, session 8 uh, by speaking concerning natural things. Today on session 9 of Understanding Acts chapter 2 uh, and uh, answering questions that are issues, uh, misunderstandings with the Holy Spirit. I wanted to come to you today and I wanted to share this divine insight from God concerning the natural things. Yesterday I said that we are living closer to the natural side, the darkness side, than we are the side of light. I want to show you how we're doing that today. I want to welcome my listeners from podcast and Facebook, uh, Lift Him Higher Radio and YouTube. I want to remind you that in March we're going to a new YouTube channel, Mike Springston Ministries FFC. Uh, we would invite all of our current subscribers to come over there because there'll be a whole lot more content than we posted in the past. So I want to remind you to contact me at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapels, Chapels Facebook direct messaging. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We pray that you'd open our eyes that we could see it, our ears that we could hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of God says to us. Then may we be changed and apply it so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son. Jesus, speak to us today. Show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. We'll receive it and release it to your people. We'll give you praise and honor and glory for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. So today I want to begin to give you some insight into how our physical nature has served. Now listen what I'm about to say. To dictate the strategies by which our churches are operating. I want to say that again. I want to begin to give some insight into how our physical nature, our desire for physical things, has served to dictate the strategies by which our churches are operating. And there you see Sharon in the background. The ministry of physical things are well in play with our concepts of offering a system of praise and worship. Unfortunately, our current system of praise and worship is centered predominantly on, spirit, on physical things because we are not teaching the concept of how to get into worship correctly. What do I mean by that? If we watch what has become of our so-called worship, it reflects a system of which we have seen before. It is the simulation of what occurred in Exodus 32 when Aaron created the molten or golden calf and the children of Israel 
began to worship that while they were waiting and thought that Moses was not going to come back from Sinai. In Exodus 32, Moses had been gone 40 days. During that time, Moses had received the Ten Commandments from God, but the people feared, as I mentioned, that he wouldn't come back. He wouldn't return. So they entreated Moses to provide them with a God to lead them. Now, I want you to get that. Aaron, they, they entreated Aaron with this idea of a God that would lead them. And Aaron absolutely did. He made the molten calf, and Israel went about doing sacrifices and burnt offerings. That was followed by a meal that consisted of the remains of the burnt offering. But then according to Acts 32.6, they rose to revel. Other translations say they rose to dance. Now what are we seeing in this exercise? We're seeing the ministry that is associated to the physical. They ate, they drank, and then they got up. They got what they wanted in their physical. Then they got up and they began to dance. They began to do the mechanics of worship that was externally driven by what they ate and drank and by an externally made God. And then they began to dance. We're going to find out that that dancing became even while they were naked and bare. What are we seeing? We're seeing the mechanics of worship being turned over to a physical exercise that has a physical stimuli, that has a physical response to that stimuli. And as we go through this story, we're going to identify how God saw that. Aaron admitted to these acts in Ezekiel in Exodus 32, 21-24, and described what mysteriously came from what he threw in the fire. He declares that out of this fire came a calf. Now take a moment to consider what Aaron, who is the equal to Moses in the leadership of Israel, has done. Number one, he has appeased the people by giving them what they wanted. He gave them what they wanted. And now they have a worship mechanism that was absolutely against the very God who had formed the people who asked him to give them something and to which the golden calf was given. Why would he do that? Well, let's look. Exodus 32, and Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people upon thee? What did they do to thee? That thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. What would have caused you, Moses, Aaron, to do this? Why, uh, with what did they threaten you? Your decision to do this has brought great sin upon them. Now notice, Moses did not say, 
that the sin was upon Aaron. He said the sin was upon them. Why? Because he caught them doing the things that reflected the worship of this calf. They were caught feasting and dancing and even naked in the camp. Well, my friend, they were all caught up in the physical things. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Aaron's response to Moses is an interesting one. Don't get mad at me. You know what they're looking for. You know that they're set on mischief, and in other translations, that's called evil. You know where their heart is. It's set on entertainment. It's set on fun. It's set on self-satisfaction. And the more quality of entertainment and self-satisfaction that I can provide, well, then that, I just gave them what they wanted. Ha-ha. The people desired to serve what? Their physical self. They ate, they drank, they danced, and they got naked. Now why would that be true of the children of Israel? Because Israel had never ever had to live or walk by faith. God had always shown his strong side to them and done for them the things of which they attributed to the names of Yahweh. And actually, they looked at this calf as if it were Yahweh as if that calf could do anything for them. So Israel was a very physically oriented people. For they say unto me, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't even know what's become of him. They're saying we need this because we don't know as we speak what's to become of us just as we not, do not know what has become of Moses. Is it possible that in our modern-day physical world that we're doing what we're doing because we are unsettled and unsure concerning the return of Jesus Christ? And we need some kind of external stimuli to drive us to the point where we can at least have some kind of feeling well, the reason for that, my friends, is because the interaction that is required in the spirit world, you have rebelled against, you have rejected, you have refused, you've rejected all of it. What was it, Pastor? Just tell us. It was the Holy Ghost. He was to be the one interacting with you so that you would know in the inner man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But you rejected it. You built walls and doctrines and borders and churches and you gathered up people and you taught them this untruth. And now we have to have something physical that will bring us into some type of comfort because what's happening? What? Where is God? Where, why hadn't he come back yet? What's wrong with him? What's he waiting on? So we go into the physical 
And we will create a music, we will create a song, we will create a dance, we will create a beat. We will do all kinds of physical things. Why? Simple. We refuse the spiritual thing. We refused the spiritual thing. So we're trying to have rock concerts and quality entertainment and we're trying to get people in our church by any means necessary uh, and we're trying to get them into a physical activity. We're trying to bring them into all kinds of social interactions. We've got... Uh, Pregnancy centers, we've got divorce centers, we've got senior centers, we've got drug centers, we've got all kinds of these things addressing the physical part of man. Why? Because we have done everything we can do to eliminate the spiritual part of man. And so our church is steeped in this physical activity. And we are holding up on Sunday morning and Wednesday night and in youth services and, and this methodology that addresses the physical. And we're saying jump up and down, turn circles, do cheers, trying to pacify and comfort ourselves because we don't know what's befallen Jesus Christ. We don't know what's happening in the world. We are such dire stuff on the news, in the newspaper, that we just don't just give us something to hold on to. So we try to find it in the physical. Now I'll talk more about it. For they said, make us gods. We need this because we don't know what's happened to Moses. We want something to hold on to that's concrete. In the moment, we want to pacify our need to feel comfortable. Now, our leader's been gone for 40 days, and we don't know when he's going to return, so give us something. So they gravitated to eat, drink, dance, and get naked. Eat drink, dance, and satisfy their physical. Aaron took care of them. He went to, they, they then went directly where the church is gone. They went into the physical. They went into a physical response. They offered to God, now watch this now, what it was that they could make. They danced to God, to a God that was a made God. They laid themselves bare before a God that had the fingerprints of a man upon his origin. Well, you know, they took the gold and broke it and threw it in the fire. And out of that fire, according to Aaron, came this calf. For this reason... You may have heard me say in times past that absolutely nothing external will ever be able to lead one into worship. Absolutely nothing external. That means nothing in the physical world will ever take you into worship. It may provide an atmosphere, but it will never take you into worship. 
You're going to have to enter into worship on your own, and it's going to have to be done in your spirit, man. It will never be done by your physical self. You're not going to dance, bob, sway. You're not going to dance like you're in the club. Uh Uh-uh. None of that is going to take you into worship. Israel found it out in a very, very hard way. The church world is finding it out. They just don't understand what it is they're seeing. The church world is finding out that this mechanism of worship doesn't work because the people are living like hell. They're living in sin. They're operating in sin. So the church then has to go around and coalesce to sin. I'll show you more. Nothing that ever has the fingerprint of man will ever be of of ministry. You've heard me say that. Man is a mischievous, has a mischievous side, and man who is trying to provide physical opportunities to lead you to worship is operating more closely with the world of darkness than he is the world of light. Now, Pastor, can you prove all you got to do? Look, they're all operating in dark churches. They're more closely associating their physical worship with darkness than they are with light. Now, Jesus dealt with this very thing, this very fact in John 10. He made two comments that told us who would direct the sacrifice and who would operate the results of the sacrifice. And neither one of them had a thing to do with man. Look what he said, John 10, 18, No man taketh my life from me. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down to myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. No man is going to take it from me. The sacrifice that's going to be offered is not going to be offered by man. It's going to be offered by me. There'll be no fingerprint of man on it. Here all along, we called the Jews Christ killers and we called the Romans as uh, those who intertwined with the Jews to kill Christ. But Jesus said himself in John 10, 18, they're not doing it. Their hand is not going to be upon it. The hand of man was upon the golden calf uh, in Exodus 32. The hand of man did that. But Jesus said there's not going to be a man with a fingerprint upon my sacrifice. No, no, no. I'm going to lay myself down because I could call 10,000 angels and they would come and destroy the world and set me free. But I'm laying myself down. No man is going to do that. You're not going to enter into the sacrifice in your physical. Stop crying. Stop expecting to. Stop expecting for the weight of sin that is so heavily upon you. To be changed because you go in and dance and jump and eat and drink and take all that into your physical. Stop thinking that. That's not going to happen. Your physical activity is not going to bring you into worship. Won't happen. Can't happen. It's not meant to happen because that has man's fingerprint upon it. Jesus said what the sacrifice is doing is not going to have a fingerprint of man on it. Then he turned around and said what the said the results of that sacrifice neither. Well, what happens in a man will not happen because of anything that a man did. Look at John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What the sacrifice has accomplished, what the sacrifice has done did not have man's hand in it. 
If they had known what they were doing, Paul said they would never have done it. No, no. And the results of what the sacrifice is going to accomplish in a man, neither will another man have his hand upon it. No, 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 no. This is going to be a divine act of God that is brought to us by Jesus Christ. And if we are to enter into it, we will enter into it not in the physical, but in the spiritual. And spiritual will connect and balance things to spiritual. The natural man has no entrance. Those that are living associated and close to the physical man are living closer to darkness than they are to light. Now, how can we discern this? We can look at their lifestyles. We can look at the sin they live in. We can look at the scandal they produce. We can look at the belief systems that they are engrafting into their belief systems. And we can know that what we have seen them operating in the physical is a physical attribute that is closer to darkness than it is to light. No man will be involved in what God does, my friend. There can be no man that causes the sacrifice to become the sacrifice. So we can talk about the Jews and the Romans all we want. And they played a role, but the purpose and the reason of the sacrifice was of divine nature and Jesus Christ laid it down because had God not been ready at the time when they wanted him to go, he would not have gone. There will be no man that has one thing to do with the result of what the sacrifice's actions accomplish. There's not, nor could there be, any fingerprint of man on the actions designed by, designed by God for atonement and redemption. Aaron, in his desire, now here's where the problem lies. Aaron, in his desire to appease Israel, had infringed upon the design, divine plan of God. Mankind, in their desire to have entertainment, a filled church, lots of money, have infringed upon the design plan of God. And we have taken the spiritual action of the sacrifice and we have attempted to make it physical. We've attempted for it to become a physical uh, response, response that absolutely has no influence or impact in the spiritual world. Well, they brought their gold, they broke it off, they cast it into the fire, and that fire was not a fire that reflected the glory of the Lord. Moses had seen that fire in Exodus 3 2. So there was a fire. There was a fire that didn't have the fingerprint of God on it, didn't have the hand of God on it. It had the fingerprint of man upon it. Now Moses later saw this glory in such great effect that it changed his complete appearance. They had to cover him, shade him. My friend, we're building fire in the church today. But that fire is not the fire of the glory of God. We're building a physical outburst, exertion in the house of God. But it's not a fire of the glory, of the Shekinah glory of God that creates the cloud from that fire. No, no, no. Now what we're doing is a physical attempt to operate against something that man has put his hand upon and people gravitate to it 
because it reminds them of darkness more than it brings them to the light. This fire that they offered was man-made all the way through and through. Man-made offerings become unacceptable to God. And when Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. The result of physical worship is that men bear themselves before the wrong spirit. They bear themselves in such a way that they become extremely vulnerable. They bear themselves in such a way that there is no comfort, no peace, and no refreshing. They bear themselves in such a way that they are so close to darkness that when they get out into the world and darkness attacks them with common things, well, what do they do? Their lifestyle reflects that they live in common things. They became vulnerable to lusts of all kinds. My friend, is that worship? Isn't worship when a young person is more sexually exhilarated by the gyrations of a woman who is supposedly dancing before the Lord Where is the concept of entering into his presence? We rock, we gyrate, we jump, we shout, we do cheers, but that's every bit associated with the physical. I had a man say to me years ago that his young son loved to go to church because there, there was a teacher there and she would go down front and she would dance around and dance around and more sexual oriented, more physical oriented. Look at what's happening in the church worship services today. A physical ministry that is externally oriented is operating in us. It's not operating a work of holiness and purity that's been brought out of us by the spirit of light. It's working in us a fierce physical sacrifice that has its genesis in darkness. Our lusts, our flesh, and our pride is being exposed by this physical worship. So how do we know it? All we have to do is watch. Now this is what everybody wants in the church world today, a response. What's the response of those that are not engaged? They're looking around at the dancers. They're fixed upon the body movements. We can watch life's transactions of those who are engaged. We can watch who they transact with, how they transact, how their life is reflected, whether they're operating in darkness or light. We can identify the living conditions and the styles that are completed once these physical engagement transpires. Are they still operating in sin? Are they still operating in sickness? Are they still operating in defeat? Is oppression, depression, anxiety, frustration, all of that present, operating daily in their life? Well, what do we see? We see a church that is coalescing so closely to the life of darkness by physical things that we're accepting, promoting, and voting for. Abortion, gender identity issues, overt and external sin, faulty messaging, leadership crises, sexual perversion, and much, much more. Lord, 
But God, however, had a man in Moses who would be sent to deal with those who desired a physical worship. I don't know what God is doing with me or my podcast. All I know is that he is Lord over it. That's all I know. All I know is that wherever this message is going, they are hearing a voice that is telling them what Moses would say to Israel. They're corrupt. God saw what was happening. Don't think that God does not see what's happening in our world today. Do not think that God doesn't see what's happening in the church. Do not see when you are bowing and crying and you're hurt over one thing or another. And you can't seem to find God because you can't go there in the physical. The only way to get there is in the spiritual. They'll worship me in spirit and truth. Can't go there in the physical. Can't go there by dancing. Can't go there by shouting. Can't go there by music. Can't go there by doing gymnastics, cheerleading, whatever the case. Gotta go in the spirit. Now we've got a world that's heaped in trouble and problems. Sickness, death, and we can't figure out what to do to get God. You know why? Because we can't get there in our physical. And we've not been trained to go there in our spiritual. So we are now finding this gap between God and us. And it is not a gap that God made, it's a gap that you made as you followed incorrect leadership, been entertained, took your children to churches that entertained them, and began to rebel against the Holy Ghost. Rebel and reject the Holy Ghost. Refuse the Holy Ghost. And now we live in a world that is all physical and we can't find God. And you're not going to. Because you're trying to find him in the same way Israel tried to find him in Exodus 32. There's always a man. There's always those like myself who will ring the bell like Hosea did and say, awake and arise. Humble yourself. Bow before the mighty name of Jesus. Have you believed? And if so, have you received? Get out of the physical. Run to the spiritual, don't walk. Get out of the dried up, dead churches that are showing you a physical mechanism that is not working, I might add. If it were working their way, our world would not be living in darkness and you would not be living only at the foot of the cross. More close to darkness than you are to light. Exodus 34, 32, 14, And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto Israel. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain took two tables of the testimony that were in his hand. And the tables were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. 
when Joshua heard the noise, now I'm about to be done here. When Joshua heard the noise of the people, as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. The people shouted. They made a noise as though there was a war. What sound came from that physical exhibition? We don't know. But to them it was recognizable because it was as if they were doing war, but they were not. They were doing something that was despicable and evil in the sight of God. They were physically asserting an image made by God as if it could perform the work of the real Jehovah water tragedy. And he said, is it not the voice of them that shout for mastery? Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Now as they got closer, they realized, listen carefully now, that this was not a plea for help, nor was it a battle cry, nor was it the exertion of the action that was caused when people were competing during battle. It was just a noise. It was a physical expression that they were trying to use to function as worship. My friend, that noise is always in the ear of God. When it remains in the physical, it is just a noise. What was the noise they were receiving? They sang. What was the song? That isn't even recorded. Why is it not recorded? Because it's unnecessary to give the detail that the thing that God had said to, to, to Moses and Moses would say about the people that they were corrupted. What song we sing when we remain attached to the physical experience is irrelevant to God. It is, the, it is saying, if it is saying as a reflection of our physical side, which is more closely attached with darkness rather than light, it is, it always was, it can be nothing more than a noise that is an unacceptable sacrifice. Why? Because it is all done out of your physical self. Why? Because you rebelled, you rejected, and you refused the Holy Ghost. You would not allow Him to restore you and to bring you into the world of the Spirit. So now your worship is tied to the physical and you're making a noise that resonates in heaven as being corrupted. What's the answer, Pastor? If it's just a noise, it has no value concerning the war. You need something, my friend, that will have value in the warfare of the Spirit. It is never in the physical. It is never external. It is always in the spiritual. It is always prompted and preempted by the Holy Ghost. It is always prompted and preempted by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That is a command of which Cornelius had. That is a command of which Jesus gave, of which Peter preached, of which Cornelius and his house accepted, and of which the Gentile world went about to do 
and teach the things that Jesus taught. Father, I pray that you'll bless us now. I pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see and our ears that we can hear. I pray, God, that we would quit making a physical noise and we would go, go into the priority of worship in our spirit man. And we would worship you for the cross. And we would worship you for the death of our flesh in the tomb. And we would worship you for the deposit of our old sin nature and being resurrected in the robes of righteousness. Becoming a citizen of a new country and under the management of a new kingdom. And we would walk in the light of that kingdom and go into the priesthood where we could be sanctified, follow you into your lordship, where we can bow and operate in your dominion, and then go into you as the man in the Godhead bodily where you speak out of heaven directly into us and lead us and guide us and show us things that we know not that are mighty things about what is to come. Oh God, help us Jesus. I ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ who is my high priest, my Lord, my man of the Godhead. We're talking about understanding Acts chapter 2. We've concluded session 8. Session 9, I believe this is actually. May God bless you is my prayer. Facebook friend, I see Tim and Sharon until we have the opportunity to meet again. God bless you. God bless you, my podcast friends. Find him as Lord. You'll find him as the one. You'll bow the knee and he'll give you dominion. Find him as the man in the Godhead bodily and he'll speak to you, through you, in the Holy Spirit. Show you great and mighty things that are to come. May God bless you until we speak again.